G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, it's always good catching up with the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, Martin Isles, who has been especially busy over the weekend and joining us this morning for an update on some of the the, uh, significant things that has been happening. Uh, Martin Isles, a special welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. Good to be back. Uh, Martin, let's start with uh, something that you were uh, intimately involved in, and that is last night's program, 60 Minutes. And not every listener will have caught it. Many will have, and uh, will have seen it as been quite a disturbing program, but an undercover expose of churches and how Christian counselling is being aligned with what's called gay conversion therapy. Uh, You were heavily featured on the program, bringing the Christian perspective on all of this. How did you feel about the way 60 Minutes handled the the controversy? Well, actually, believe it or not, and for people who have watched it, there's a number who are quite upset by it because of the evident bias um, and just the agenda that was there. It's interesting, if you go to the Channel 9 Facebook page at the moment, they're actually getting pilloried by people who are saying, look, listen, this kind of bias and anti-Christian stuff has got to stop. So I was very interested to see that. A lot of people are upset by it, but I was relieved because I was the person who did that interview. Uh, it was, um, you know, the word hostile doesn't even begin to cut it. It was very, very tough um, and uh, went through that. I was interviewed for over an hour, um, very, very repetitive questioning, very angry questioning, and I was uh, somewhat apprehensive about how they might edit that. We, of course, got our own copy of the interview just in case there was any shenanigans. But I was um, pleasantly surprised that what I said was not manipulated greatly. Huge sections were omitted, of course, but that's um, to be expected. But the reason I did it was because I knew there was an agenda at play. I knew that they were going to try and track down some real fringy type stuff, like those who have heard of the movie Boy Erased. The man behind that was featured and interviewed. Uh, That's not a part of any mainstream Christian practice, never was. Um, And I thought, look, we've got to get in there and just tell the truth. Tell the truth about what is going on here. I mean, they say conversion therapy. That's their term, not ours. That's the first significant point. Conversion and therapy don't belong together. Conversion is an act of God. Therapy is something that, you know, we do to each other, and you're either converted or you're not. Therapy is something completely different. Conversion is something that is in Christ. Conversion is very real, where anyone in Christ is a new creation, the oldest part is way, the new has come. And for every one of us who is a Christian, that is true. We have been changed by the Spirit of Christ. Uh, we are being changed by Christ and the Holy Spirit through life. And it doesn't matter whether we're gay. It doesn't matter whether we're straight. It doesn't matter who we are or what we've done. That is true of every single one of us, that we are changing. And that's the Christian teaching. And if they've got a problem with Christian theology on that front, you know, we'll fight to defend it any day of the week because there's too many of us who know the truth. Well, Martin, 60 Minutes had secret cameras and we saw an array of Australian Christian ministers. I don't know whether they were all named, but they were being secretly filmed and giving biblical counselling. What were your thoughts on the way that the program was presented and the presentation of those secret interviews with uh, with Christian counsellors from churches around Australia? 
Well, I mean, on the whole, I mean, all they were dealing with was people who were saying, um, uh, look, if, if, if you have same-sex attractions and so on and you don't want them, they were basically saying, look, we can pray for you, we can, uh, you know, counsel with you, we can help you, we can... There are some programs out there that people do, and, I mean, I don't know anything about this because I myself am not somebody who's a candidate for those programs, but there's people out there I've spoken to who have said they've found them immensely helpful, and, I mean, a lot of people... I've gone and spoken at conferences and churches and so on. I had people come up to me afterwards. Actually, I've done one of these counselling programs, and it was super-duper helpful for me. I'm really glad I did it. I've sat with um, people. I had dinner in Perth with six people, all of whom formerly identified uh, with the LGBT community, former homosexuals, former transgender people. They wouldn't like me referring to them that way because they don't use those terms anymore. But that's how they once thought of themselves. Uh, and they've found freedom in Christ. And I think that um, the pastors and the people on the program, on the whole, uh, were simply speaking to that reality. Um, and we're simply telling people, you know, and many of them uh, who have same-sex desires on don't want it. And they were simply saying, well, you know, uh, there, is, there is a better way. And that's Christianity. Um, I'm sorry, there's no way around it. Um, now, there was some stuff on there that was um, uh, not right. I mean, when you start talking about boot camps, when you start talking about anything that's coercive, when you start talking about uh, all the things that may have happened in the past in some fringy and culty versions of Christianity, that's all wrong. We condemn that. I condemn that in my interview. I said, that's not what this is about. The witch hunt on this stuff is actually just attacking Christianity uh, and the fact that we say that change in Jesus Christ is very real. So if there was a positive that came from the 60 Minutes program, really they had to admit that the current face of Christian counselling when it comes to this issue really doesn't look anything like uh, the shock therapy and the physical beatings or uh, the exorcisms that people tend to think of when they use that terminology gay conversion therapy. The church has a very, uh, it seems to be, and this is what the 60 Minutes program seemed to uh, allude to, is that the church actually has quite a sober approach to this and it comes down to counselling. Yep, exactly. Neil, and uh, unfortunately that's the tyranny of that term they've invented, gay conversion therapy. It just, it just conjures up dreadful images in people's minds. And because there is a certain prejudice in the community against the church and their attitudes to the LGBT community, they just assume it's terrible. That's the power of words. Uh, but you're right, Neil. I mean, uh, it looked like uh, a bit of a trumped-up uh, effort at the end of the day. I had a number of people say to me, look, they ended up looking like they just had an agenda and there was actually no hard proof that there's anything going on today in Australia that's really bad. I mean, it's all stuff that's totally voluntary. It's all very sober-minded. Uh, it's all, uh, you know, take it or leave it kind of stuff. And some people say, it was wonderful, best thing I ever did. Others say, well, it wasn't. I don't want to be a Christian. Well, all right, it's a free country. Um, so there's really nothing to see here. And I think people should not fear this whole subject area. It concerns me that many in the church and public figures and that don't like to talk about it because of controversy. We should talk about it because what a great opportunity uh, to not fear the power of the gospel and not fear the message that we proclaim uh, and to remind everybody it's not just the LGBT uh, community and it's not just people that Jesus doesn't just love those people. He loves us all and we're all equally in need uh, of his converting power in our hearts. Martin, can't go by without getting your impressions on the Victorian plan to outlaw what they're calling, as uh, we've been saying, gay conversion therapy, uh, with the idea that somehow or other that's actually going to criminalise a large section of the Christian church because they teach the Bible. What are your thoughts on Victoria's moves to 
to actually ban this idea of even having some level of counselling or prayer counselling for people who have unwanted same-sex attraction. Yeah, it's very concerning, Neil, um, and really programs like 60 Minutes, I think, are just softening up public attitudes so that when the government comes out and says, we're going to ban this abhorrent thing called gay conversion therapy, you don't get much of a whimper of discontent from the community because they think, oh, well, that's pretty awful stuff and that kind of thing. Whereas in reality, if you look at the actual policies that are being proposed by, say, the Victorian government, and you read the detail, you think, well, goodness gracious me, these people are not banning coercion. These people are not banning boot camps. These people are not banning electric shock therapy. I mean, if they were, they'd have nothing to ban because none of that's happening. But what they are, in fact, banning is, as you say, you know, praying for somebody. If somebody says, hey, would you pray for me? And a pastor or a Christian whose instinct it is to say, well, of course, uh, then that could be a criminal act. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, it's the same with... Um, Parents in the home, you know, one of these draft policies actually includes uh, 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 content around the fact that if parents in the home don't affirm the felt gender identity or the felt uh, sexual identity of their child at any given time or may discourage it or may, may suggest that maybe it's a bit too young to wear the dress yet, Harry, or maybe it's a bit too early, Samantha, to experiment with lesbian relationships. This kind of uh, thing in the family home, one draft policy said, would be deemed psychological and domestic abuse. I mean, the agenda behind this is, is frightening stuff. And anybody who wants to delve into it more deeply, um, I, I would suggest they look up Preventing Harm, Promoting Justice, a report by the Human Rights Law Centre and La Trobe University, and have a read of just what's being proposed. It is an all-out attack on Christian teaching. It specifically says in that report, which formulates recommendations for the Victorian government, that the ideas that need to be prevented, uh, that need to be uh, stopped, uh, that, that are behind conversion therapy are found in Christian churches, and they include things such as love the sinner, hate the sin, accept but don't affirm, and they go through a whole list of these things that you actually hear in church. Uh, this is, as I said in the 60 Minutes interview, and they conveniently didn't air this bit. I said, look, you come in here and you say that this is all about boot camps, etc., and that we should be ashamed of ourselves. So I put it to you now that this is actually not about any of those things because they're not happening. What this is about is an all-out attack on Christian theology and the gospel. Uh, and then 70 minutes later, I actually reminded the interviewer, and I said, you know what? I said that at the start and you denied it. It's interesting that for 70 minutes, all you've asked me about is Christian theology and the gospel. So I said, really, I was right, wasn't I? That's what this is all about. And that's what it's all about. And we shouldn't be deceived. So these uh, proposals, we need to have a boldness about us uh, to oppose them uh, and a confidence about us to know uh, that they are a bad idea. Well, there's so much more we could talk about on this, but there's more important issues to raise. I couldn't help, though, but notice at the end of the 60-minute story last night, they gave the Lifeline phone number. And, of course, for those who love a little bit of Australian history, you'll know that Lifeline was founded by the Reverend Dr. Sir Alan Walker. And uh, and i got to say, though, it perhaps looks a little less Christian today than what Sir Alan Walker would have thought that it would look like today. Let's not get too much commentary on that, though. That may be a discussion for another day. Martin, there's been some huge pro-life rallies on the weekend and over the last week in Sydney and throughout uh, regional New South Wales. Uh, your thoughts on the way that people have rallied to, for, for the cause of, uh, of being pro-life in New South Wales? This has been amazing, uh, Neil. So I have had a big weekend. I'm actually pretty tired now. Um, <laughs> yesterday uh, we had a, a massive rally in Hyde Park in Sydney. I think I, I can safely say the largest pro-life demonstration in Australia's history. I don't know how many thousands of people were there. I just couldn't even estimate. I was looking and thinking, well, look, all I know is it's absolutely monstrous. 
um, and some people will see some images on my social media and other 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 um, uh, sources that just show the extent of that crowd. It had to be the biggest pro-life demonstration in Australia's history because we have to keep up the pressure. And I'm so glad to see people rallying, to see the quiet Australians finding their voice. Um, Tony Abbott spoke there. Uh, Barnaby Joyce spoke there. Um, a couple of New South Wales state parliamentarians spoke there. I spoke there along with other uh, Christian groups, and it was just incredible. Um, and this really is the latest in a long series of uh, activities which have kept pressure up on the government, especially the nationals, uh, over their support for this hideous abortion-to-birth bill. Um, we have distributed some 100,000 flyers into a few key seats held by nationals MPs who have conservative electorates, but they themselves are supporting this Liberal bill. We did polls that showed about a third of the people who voted for them would say, said, well, we would have voted for someone else if we knew about this bill. So they're under huge pressure having that information going into people's letterboxes saying your MP did not vote to save babies born alive, left to die. Your, ba- your MP did not vote to stop gender selection abortions. They did vote for late-term pain-capable abortions and so on. That's a huge pressure point. Also, uh, the Nationals have been having their branch meetings all around rural New South Wales this month. And every single one of their branch meetings has had a few hundred pro-life demonstrators outside. And the media has given it extensive coverage. Um, now, a lot of those people are ACL supporters uh, who in their local communities have rallied together and got their churches and gone to those branch meetings. That's been a huge pressure point because the Nationals now appear to have cancelled all remaining branch meetings for the month because the publicity is just killing them. Um, and now we had this massive protest. It was covered extensively and fairly for what, the first time in my living memory of a pro-life event on Channel 9, on Channel 7, and people can look up those clips online. Just extraordinary stuff. We have done, I believe, you know, all that we can. Uh, it's in God's hands this week. Um, but I said to the crowd yesterday, look, whatever happens this week, um, we need to know that actually by raising our voice like this, not just today, not just this week, But from now forward, we're all here. We're all capable. We're all able. Let's keep doing this, because if we do, that will change things. And I'm confident of that. So perhaps one of the biggest uh, strength, you know, one of the most uh, remarkable things to come out of this is to see quiet Australians and Christian people rallying together and taking a stand for truth in the public squares. When that comes to a vote in the New South Wales Upper House, Martin, the idea that there would be any provision uh, on the issue of sex selection, or any other of those important provisions in there that are being debated very hotly. Uh, The slippery slope that has been continuing on each time a new state uh, takes this to a new level. Uh, Well, this will bring the worst abortion laws in the world if it passes the New South Wales Upper House. Uh, Your thoughts, though, on this idea that if any provisions are in there uh, against sex selection abortions and uh, other of those controversial issues, that giving any ground admits that the child in the womb is a person. And that's why there's such a resistance uh, to giving any ground on this issue. What are your thoughts here? Uh, Look, I think you're right, Neil. Um, There is huge resistance to any pushback because any pushback is an acknowledgement there's something more than health care or choice going on here. Um, You know, even to the extent that, you know, the amendment that said, look, if a baby is born alive, then don't leave it to die. Uh, Save its life. And they voted that down. I mean, it's just staggering. The cruelty of this is actually what's getting me. I can't believe the cruelty and just the dogged commitment to ideology over reason and fact. I mean, they had a pro-choice protest in um, Hyde Park yesterday. Uh, It was only very small. But the chant that these people were marching to was, we will fight, we will win, 
put the fetus in the bin. That's literally what they were crying out over the loudspeakers. And yesterday we gathered together and said, love them both. You know, what a greater message. And the ideology here is toxic. It's wicked. It's awful. And um, I'm staggered at the resistance. However, here's the, here's the silver lining. The silver lining is that if some of those amendments get through, which at least seems likely, I mean, it's not perfect. I mean, we need to kill the bill, but I suspect the politicians will try and say, well, let's get four amendments on here instead and put the bill through. Okay, we should still hold them accountable for passing the bill. But you know what? That would be the first time in Australian law anywhere that we actually have these kinds of acknowledgements in law that sex selection abortion is banned, that late-term abortion might actually be banned. I mean, what a platform to work from to get reform in other states. What an excellent precedent to have to, for the pro-life cause going forward. And we're trying to establish that platform. I think there's a real opportunity to set something in stone uh, here that could be used to continue to push back the tide elsewhere. Um, so that's perhaps the silver lining to come out of this terrible, terrible situation. And it is terrible. Uh, but there's opportunity which presents. And if we can only keep up that pressure, uh, I think, that there's something to be achieved over the next few years in the pro-life space. One more quick issue and need for a quick comment here, Martin. Uh, let's just turn attention just for a few moments to South Australia because uh, South Australia has been debating prostitution changes and uh, ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby, has been doing some polling in South Australia this past week, just getting the impression about what people in the community really think about prostitution. Uh, what are your thoughts just quickly on on how that, uh, that polling has gone? What do people really think? Well, as you say, Neil, the, pro- the um, proposal in, in South Australia is to decriminalise prostitution. We did a poll. Um, uh, 61% of people said that they disagree with that idea of decriminalising prostitution, and 55% of people said that whatever the law is, it should definitely significantly reduce prostitution, not increase it. We took out a full-page ad in the Adelaide Advertiser advertising that fact. Um, in addition to extensive lobbying efforts in the New South in the South Australian Parliament, and um, just quickly, I mean, people may not know this, but we really are getting involved heavily in the anti-trafficking space because decriminalisation and deregulation of prostitution radically increases trafficking, which is happening in Australia. The UN has Australia on a list of about 20 destination countries for human trafficking, for sex trafficking, girls from Southeast Asia shipped in. Enslaved. It's actually happening in our communities. Uh, it's just we had someone speak at a conference recently on this. It's shocking. Uh, and so we have a prostitution law reform uh, approach which criminalises the purchase of uh, prostitution. Uh, um, and uh, we have been heavily lobbying on that in South Australia. Opportunity presents there to be the first state in Australia to seriously combat sex trafficking. Well, Martin Niles, important comment today and huge issues. And uh, I do hope you do get a few moments to have a bit of a rest today after you've done these important interviews that you're no doubt doing with more media outlets other than just us here at Vision. But let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au, if you want to keep up to date uh, with these major developments that have been happening, acl.org.au. Martin Niles is the managing director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.